Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors or publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. There's something new on Airs LA every day. Hi, I'm Patty Matson, and you're listening to Style and Substance. Today's article is from Reader's Digest's December-January 23-24 edition on page 49, entitled, When a Doorbell's Ring Means Hope. Who was leaving these mysterious gifts on our doorstep each night? By Charlotte Maya from the New York Times. The doorbell rang one mid-December evening. I frequently had unexpected visitors in those early days after my husband's death sometimes bearing dinner, often with tears. But when my six-year-old son opened the door, nobody was there. Instead, on the doormat was a triangular box, a kit to make a gingerbread house, trimmed with a wide silver ribbon and a note that read, on the first day of Christmas. A mystery. Sam had died suddenly that fall. Suicide. He'd had job stress, as most people do, chronic back pain, which he had managed since he was a teenager, financial concerns like many parents who have young children. When he took his own life that clear blue October afternoon in Los Angeles, leaving me a widow and the single parent of our two boys, six and eight, I just hadn't seen it coming. My sons and I had already managed to navigate Halloween, which took on a grisly quality, and our first Thanksgiving without daddy, the details of which escape me now, but undoubtedly include a mashup of traditional American cuisine with Cuban and Jewish holiday favorites a unifying holiday for my husband's Jewish family and my Christian one. Still, I was dreading Christmas. How could December have arrived without my husband? I didn't turn up the holiday tunes or turn out the Christmas decorations. There were mornings when, after I walked Danny and Jason to their elementary school, I just wanted to crawl back into bed and not emerge until they came home from college. If any homework got done, or I remembered to feed our dog, I counted that day a win. The next night, the doorbell rang again. Another package. Two snowmen mugs, a packet for hot chocolate tucked inside each one, tied with the same silver ribbon and including the same white card, this one reading, on the second day of Christmas. We didn't hear a car engine or receding footsteps or a muffled giggle. We didn't see anyone scurry away, not a shape or a shadow. The third night, I turned on the porch light and turned off the living room light so we could see who was leaving the gifts. Then the boys and I sat on the sofa and waited. But as it grew darker, they grew bored, then hungry. I went to the kitchen to put dinner together. When the doorbell rang, Danny and Jason ran to the front door of the house, but all they found when they flung the door open were three large candy canes. Same silver ribbon, same notepaper, same message on the same black felt tip pen on the third day of Christmas. The industrious elf delivered the fourth day's offering while we were out, probably at therapy, where we often were in those days, both individually and as a family. We arrived home to find four little tree ornaments bundled in the silver ribbon, same square of notepaper, different color ink this time, and differing handwriting, more childlike. This suddenly seemed like the kind of effort my friend Karen would coordinate, so I mentioned the secret Santa to her, but she insisted that she hadn't orchestrated it. Seriously, she said, I wish it was me. Not only that, but her children were similar ages as mine, and I doubted they could keep such a secret. Who then? For the next couple of nights, my boys lurked near the front door as long as they could, but inevitably the bearer of the gifts would choose the moment they left to sneak up. 
When I was pregnant with our first child, Sam wanted to know if the baby would be a boy or a girl. He was going to be happy either way. He just wanted to be prepared. As first-time parents, we harbored the fantasy that we could be prepared for such things as babies and parenting. Two years later, when I was expecting our second child, Sam again wanted to know the child's sex. But by then, I had warmed the idea of not knowing. On the day of the ultrasound, the baby's legs were crossed such that the doctor could not determine the sex. And off I waddled with my hidden child safely in utero. I didn't schedule a follow-up ultrasound. The baby would let us know in due time. Grieving, too, demands its own not knowing. But without the benefit of a date on which all will be revealed, I didn't know why Sam ended his life. What had seemed impossible to him? How had he descended so deeply into despair? I didn't know what I had missed, where I had failed, whether I could have stopped him, how our children and I would be without him. At some point, I would have to learn to live with these many unknowns. And I did. There was one thing I did know. In those dark days of intense grief, somebody was shining a light our way with a simple but powerful message. You are seen. You are loved. Over the course of the next week, we received nightly offerings. They were always simple. Six apples, seven clementines, eight packs of gum, each adorned with the signature silver ribbon, the white square note, and the childlike handwriting. It could have been a coordinated effort, a family project, or one delightful, clever friend. I didn't know, and no longer wanted to know. Something about the not knowing appealed to me. I began to corral the boys in the kitchen in the back of the house in the evenings, bribing them with dessert or a chapter of The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane, so that the anonymous giver could remain so. I made it my mission to protect their sacred, generous act. It was such a strange feeling to be wrenched so hard by grief and darkness on the one hand and drawn so firmly toward light and hope on the other. To feel bereft and abandoned, yet also held, grounded, and supported. Tis the season, as they say. The darkness was overwhelming and terrifying and completely unfair when the tender newborn entered the scene. It is hard to imagine that the infant hope will make any difference. But there he is. After 11 days of offerings, we weren't sure what to expect when we approached home on that 12th night. I trusted there would be something, but after all the nights building up to that moment, would my boys be disappointed? And <laughs> would I? They wondered aloud what might await us at home. Chocolates, a dozen cookies. Two months earlier, I had been greeted on my driveway by two police officers and a priest. They were to deliver the news of my husband's death. It was hard not to relive that surge of panic as I turned from the street and up the slight incline of my driveway, not knowing what might meet us when we arrived. I often found myself holding my breath when I pulled up to the house. On that night, I heard myself exhale and felt the familiar tightness across my cheeks as tears filled my eyes. It looked as if someone had delivered to us the contents of an entire sleigh. The boys opened the car doors and raced toward the porch where they found 12 exquisitely wrapped packages, four for Danny, four for Jason, and four for me. All different kinds of paper, every possible color of ribbons, several different styles of handwriting, toys, games, goodies, and a Bruins baseball cap in my favorite shade of powder blue. The white card read, Merry Christmas. Fifteen years later, I still don't know who gave us those 12 days of hope in the midst of our grief. And I'm glad I don't know. Even as it was happening, the not knowing quickly became my favorite part. That mysterious light 
pushing its way into our ineffable darkness. Not a miracle, not magic, just generous, selfless human love. Well, that wraps up Style and Substance for today, Tuesday, December 26th, 2023. If you'd like to learn more about Airs LA, follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash LA and make sure you click that like button. This podcast is solely for the use of the blind and print impaired. Any unauthorized use is prohibited. Make it a fantastic week and Happy New Year.